PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Lime agua, a little bit of cran juice. Check one, two. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the show. You got that double sour. They, they work well together. Oh, because it's like the lime is real, but the cran is real too? <laughs> Question mark. Raspberry is the one where you got to be like, am I drinking a beaver's butthole? Yes. The answer is yes. More than likely you are. More than likely you're drinking a beaver's butthole. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, this episode brought to you by Beaver Buttholes. Get the best beaver anal glands from Apex Gland Services. Up in Canada, Apex Gland Services is uh, sponsoring the intro to this intro to this episode, just the intro. They want to let you know if you call them at 1-857-ANAL-GLANDS today, they will give you the best quotes on uh, uh, lots of, of uh, beavers. You can get beavers derive the anal gland yourself they'll do the work for you for a premium price they'll send you uh in a crate unmarked crate so you know keep your privacy and dignity intact in your neighborhood uh it'll be labeled so that people don't know it's beaver anal glands the crates will be labeled um butt plugs and you will be able to then uh make your own uh raspberry lime rickies at home the canadian way to chicago i mean couldn't i just buy some castorium on the internet What's that now? That's the beaver anal gland stuff that tastes like raspberries. That's the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. We at Apex Gland Outsourcing are outsourcing the best beaver anal glands. Now, if you want the... What is this? Castorium. If you want to get that, that's why you, you come to us. Now, if you want us to get that stuff for you, we have another subcontractor. That's why I don't know the name of it. It's not in the ad copy they provided to us here. Gotcha. Uh, I do reference us in the hour because I did use our Patreon monies to buy into ownership. Uh, they gave me a point zero zero one percent ownership of the company. There goes all our money. Yeah, Gone. yeah. I mean, I've been saving it for a while. <laughs> I knew I was saving it for something, and then this opportunity came along, and, and I just threw it away, basically. No, man, because I'm telling you, through Apex. <laughs> Nobody wants this stuff, Chris. Who's a poor investment? No wonder they have a warehouse full of it. <laughs> Like we need this. We need to offload this. A, maybe you can help us out. Reach out to your audience down in Florida. They'll tell you that. Hey, we, a, you know, the beavers down here, the glands aren't as good as up in Canada. It, I think it's the cold that preserves the berry flavor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Is this the? I guess yeah. This is the show. So uh, it's episode four hundred eight, guys. How's it going, Drew? It's going, Chris. Yeah. No. Very cool. No. It is going. It's November. I can't. It is? I can't. I, I'm like, it, we did it. We. I mean, we survived this far. We. Boy. 
Who knows how this next week's going to go? The thing is, the longer we survive, then the more ridiculous it is when we, we do die from something dumb. Like, I made it through all of this shit just to, like, get hit by a bus crossing the street or something mm-hmm. like that, you know? Yeah, that's what it feels like. I mean, that's but, what it feels like. Would you rather would, would you rather get hit by a bus crossing the street or die of COVID? That's what I'm saying. I was using the bus, get hit by the bus across the street as a COVID metaphor, <laughs> <laughs> because dying by COVID in America at this point is stupid because it's preventable, but people refuse to do so. Guys, how's it going? We have a lot of stuff to talk about. Surprisingly, it's not like uh, some big new movies came out this weekend, but a pretty big thing on Disney Plus came out. <laughs> yeah, I did. That will be that Mandalorian season two, episode one, making his debut this past Friday. Yeah. Uh, did you rewatch any of Mando season one? Did you only watch it the nope. first time? I watched it the first time, yeah. and then when the recap came through, I was like, oh, yeah, that stuff happened. Recap is nice. Like but but then again, I mean, like. The intro to the first season was pretty much the same intro in the second season. For all intents and purposes, dude walks into a fucking bar yeah. <laughs> and weirdness ensues. Yeah, walks, walks, walks into a bar and, and people know him. It's a Mendo. It's a Mandalorian. Um, yeah, I like the. I did rewatch some episodes, uh, not the full season, but you know some of the good stuff. Really enjoyed it. And uh, it was fun seeing it come back. All the shots of little baby Yoda, not his name, I don't care. The thing is so adorable that yeah. it doesn't even have to have any impact on the episode at all. Just it, like, it's you, just it, there. You see it and your heart just melts. Like, yes. <laughs> Everything's better now. Like uh, Mando does something. Someone else does something. Action, action to cut away. Super important moment. Cut down to little baby Yoda who just like peeks his head around the corner. Add a little like <laughs> sound effect. And you're like, yes. Yes. Close-up shots of it uh, with the sun behind it so you can see the little wispy hairs. Like, come on. That thing is amazing. So uh, it doesn't have to do anything. I'm At this point, too, I'm waiting. I'm like, is it going to... It can do anything. Is this. it going to force power? Like, what's it going to yeah, fucking... Uh-huh. I guess you have to. You can't just unleash that every episode, though. It has to be a special moment when Baby Yoda I mean, goes who knows? Or, or, or maybe it could be, you know, played for jokes now or maybe used when you don't think it's appropriate and then... going to have to happen. All these things, I'm yeah. sure, are going to have to happen. John Favreau directed this episode. He was... Uh, he didn't direct any of the first season, but he wanted to get on it for this one, so right away. And it's great. Like yeah. he can it's funny he did Cowboys v. Aliens, mm-hmm. another sci fi western. Yep. That one whew, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that is a terrible movie. Like, wow. And I was ready for it. So I was like, all right, yeah. this is gonna be Cowboys good. Aliens sounds awesome. The marketing was okay. Yeah, Harrison Ford, Daniel Craig, and then you watch me. Oh, no. what, what, what? Is anyone else Something bored? About this. You're like, is anyone else bored? <laughs> Is anyone else bored? They're cowboys, right? And they're aliens? <laughs> and we're still bored? Okay, we're Why all bored. Why does this suck? Why does this suck? It sucked. And uh, Mando is, is great. It's a Western. It's a sci-fi. And it's it's awesome. And it's very Sergio Leone, you know, Italian Western, too. Which yeah. helps. That helps a lot. The wide shots. Mm-hmm. When they switch to anamorphic widescreen uh, at the end. for That awesome theme song. Music, man. I even miss, like, hearing the theme and stuff. Yeah, that fucking recorder, that big, that big recorder. Right, well, here's a weird thing. I did really enjoy that making it all special. Yeah. And the episode on the effects and the volume and all that stuff, right? But now I'm watching the episode, I'm like looking at that background, like look at that fake background. <laughs> it's so good. That fake background is so, so good. good. Like it's always going to look good. And yeah. it will because there are other like... Like, the puppet stuff is great. Mm-hmm. John, John Leguizamo is apparently that one-eyed guy in the beginning. Yep, saw that. And that was a 
a puppet face. That's an animatronic, yeah. right? It looks not an animatronic, well, but um, I mean, like it looks yeah. physical. It, it it seems like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe his eyes were his, but I don't think that mouth. Like I, I don't think he moved that mouth himself. Like that no, was there's, people in the back. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. And um, so that's gonna look good for a long time. But then there are little CG creatures popping up here and there. Uh, especially when you can see like in the background, like a re- the, the volume background, like that background's always going to look good. And these little CG guys in five years, they're going to look even more CG than they are now. Maybe it's crazy. How my point is, it's crazy how good that volume is. Yeah. It's so amazing. And now they're building bigger ones with more led lights and uh, forget about it. If you can get access to that stuff, um, what is using it for, uh, Thor 11 thunder. Of course, of course he is. <laughs> Because he's smart. He's <laughs> like, I got a new toy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play with it. I got a new toy that's going to literally uh, bring galaxies to me. The... Just... they It's back... It's a simple format they do with the show where every episode... I mean, it's overall thing. This season, it's um, what he's trying to get little guy... Back, back home. To, back to his people. That's going to take, what, two seasons? Three seasons, Who right? knows? Who knows? <laughs> and so he's just going on his journey along the way. And so each episode can then be its own contained thing that then builds oh. over time. Mm-hmm. Like at the end, uh, when I, when any character says, like, oh, I hope our paths meet again, and no one's like, I hope they do. Yeah, like me too. Insisting <laughs> on it, you know? Uh, like, all right, well, this character's fucking coming back hope for so. sure. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was fun, man. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's some big reveals. Yeah, like the the... Is it a spoiler to say what their mission is? I mean, I guess the mission is sort of a... Ends up being a kind of a uh, Seven Samurai Three Amigos. We have to protect the village from a well, threat sort of thing. Yes, but at the same time, like, it can... It all connects in that one little part of the Star Wars universe that has gone to explode all this bullshit. Yeah, that's true. So... It, it, that's part of the... Com- some people have with Star Wars that it's this huge galaxy so how come so many things happen in the same places yeah. when it comes to these stories why because the main three monotheistic religions in the world were all based on stories that revolve about around 100 square miles that's true too that's why yeah that's very true the uh, some, such small parts <laughs> of, a, of a region can dominate uh, so much of a I mean just Rome Rome uh, controlled most of the world from one seat <laughs> Uh, so, well, I'm mean, almost a known world, I guess. I don't know if, it, if they had any people down in Antarctica. And at one point, there were digging two, away from. And, and at one point, there were two seats. So, well, you know, eventually you got it. It's <laughs> pragmatic. So maybe we should get a second seat. Uh, it, it's. I'm glad it's back. What eight episodes? What was last year? Eight or ten? I don't remember. Uh, eight or ten episodes. I don't care. I'm just glad it's back. I'm glad it's back. I'm sure Disney's glad it's back because it, it's uh, it makes their um, subscription worth it. I'm waiting for a little more. Maybe I'll just wait for a season to finish of right stuff. To after watching the first two episodes, no. that's pretty good. That's through Net Geo. They have some things. They have um, WandaVision's coming soon. Mm-hmm. That's this year. Yep. Falcon uh, the Winter Soldier, which uh, got pushed early-ish next year, I think, but that's coming too. And they've made some big announcements regarding um, casting for for more Marvel shows. So they have stuff like they just got to get it out faster. And COVID ain't helping. No, obviously. No, I read something interesting. I can't remember if I pulled it for the news or not. That to um, the adjustment for a production to to do um, 
COVID pandemic safe uh, uh, working environment, you can add anywhere from five to fifteen million dollars yeah. onto your production I'm, for I'm uh, your PPE, this, that, the other the testing. It's like daily testing yeah. that they're doing, uh, multiple tests for some people. Daily testing. You need you need bigger staging areas for everything. People have to be so far apart. Mm-hmm. So that means this trailer has to be here, and it, the next trailer can't be right up on it. It's got to be next to this one. Got to change way your catering and all that. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. So. That's a lot of money. It's cost prohibitive sure. for a lot of people to be able to try to try to work. Mandalorian, welcome back. Welcome back, Mando. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess there's not much. I mean, some of the Oliphant's great. Oh! When I saw him pop up, I was like, man, he's just popping up at everything now. I yeah, love it. Good for him. <laughs> Same character. You know, exactly. It's like Sheriff Bullock and Sheriff Bullock <laughs> and Sheriff Bullock. All right! Yes. He's, just, he's just various, like... It's the happiness level that changes. Like either yeah. either he's jolly or he's or, or, or he or turned that down, yep. <laughs> and that's yeah. it. Yes, yeah. if you turn it all the way down, you got you got Bullock. Seth Bullock. You got yeah, Seth Bullock. You turned all the way up. You got more like what we got in Mandalorian. Did you watch? Yeah. Did you watch this week's Fargo? I don't think I did. Uh Fargo. I am. I think so. Cause I, this one was episode six. Did I watch episode six? I can't recall. I think so. Because the new episode's tonight, right? I think it's on, on, I think it's on Mondays. Oh, okay. I think it's on Monday. Either way, I may be in that behind because now I'm thinking. I watched episode six because Bullock is making me think. Which what, what happens in it real quick? Like, uh, over, uh, basically, like the like it's official. The war the war is starts. On. I didn't start it. I have not. Yeah, because last it, one, it, like yeah. the war doesn't start start, but the lead up to the war. Like some people die yeah. in this episode, which sets up what's going to be happening in the future. Maybe I did say that episode. We're being so vague about it. The, the Irish guy saves the kid. Irish guy saves the kid. I don't think it. No. Okay. I'm an, I'm an episode behind okay. because people have died now in like two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode. People are dying, man. Wars yeah. coming between the factions on the yeah, far Because episode five, Doctor Senator died. No, oh, Doctor Senator, Doctor Doctor Senator Esquire. And then, yeah. That was a bummer. Yeah, yeah. And then episode six, some more people die. Man, even more people. Of course they got it. I mean, that's the best It's Fargo. Thing. That's the best thing. Yeah, it's Fargo. That's the best thing about anthology shows. We only have one season, finite. That people just die. Yep. And you're like, what? You killed that dude. That was a shock. But then you run in the trouble of like, oh, man, you killed off Mahershala Ali halfway through season one of uh, Luke Cage. That, that was a mistake. <laughs> That was I'm sorry. You should have rearranged the casting or something because damn, you figured something out. Damn, that guy's good. And you I'm gonna, him I'm, I mean, unless you're replacing him with Yaya Abdul Mateen at the this third. point, uh, yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's that new hotness that's blazing up the screens. Uh, great in everything he does. Um, got a bigger role coming for him in Aquaman two. Candyman being delayed, but they're really pushing for that to come out in theaters. Uh, and then I do, he had something else. What else does he have right on? Yeah, you're, he even has a few things in the hopper. Like I'm he, sure. He's ready to really bust out even more in a pretty incredible way. Plus, his name is Yaya. I mean, come on. Sure. Exactly. Not since Yafet Koto I've had so much fun saying <laughs> Yaya Abdumatin. The third? No, the second. Second or the third. I, don't I think it's the second. I think it's the second. Um, Just the fact that there's two people named that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's my name. Like, sorry, kids. <laughs> no, this is your name. We are now. You are now burdened with my legacy. Exceeded, please. Um, Mandalorian, good stuff. And, and Fargo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch Fargo. Season four, episode six. So, because it was Halloween weekend, and I was tired of seeing all the interesting things popping up on Shutter, that I, I was like, I want to see this goddamn Shutter. So I signed up for Shutter. 
and already started watching some stuff. So over the last few days, I've watched three horror movies, two of them new, all of them new to me. Okay. Uh, Blood Quantum. It's a Canadian horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a beaver in sight. Uh, 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 salmon, though. Don't eat the salmon. Mm. That's for sure. Any moose? I did not see a moose. Okay. Did not see a moose. Did I? The interesting setup right there in the like the description, and it's kind of like what I was there for, and then I feel like they under-delivered on this setup in a way. It's Canada. It's a, a red rock. It's like a reservation, sort of. I don't know if they have the same system up in Canada. They, they do. do. They do. So yeah. it's like a, a First Nations reservation. Uh, main character is a sheriff of this area. His son's a fuck-up. It's all this stuff, right? Zombie outbreak. Uh, only, well, it's happening to animals, too. The First Nations people, immune. Okay. So the, the white people that you keep coming across, they're like, they got to watch for them and make sure they don't turn into biters is what they call because uh, of all the biting. And it is uh, pretty good. The best parts, the, um, I mean, some of the, like the social commentary is there and it's pretty well done. It looks pretty good considering that it's low budget. The Some of the kills, especially when it's like a zombie swarm on someone and they get torn apart. Uh, they knew they were doing a good job because that camera just like it just holds on it. It's a well framed shot, and it's like here we go. Things are splattered here and there, and there's blood and guts, and it's very visceral and uh, looks good. And they also do it to a few characters. A few characters end up dying that they do build up well. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, oh, that's, this is a brutal death because it's someone that you end up liking, and then they die horribly, uh, as would happen in a zombie outbreak. And it's pretty good. Pretty good take on a on a zombie movie. I enjoyed it. The old Blood Quantum. That's a that's a new one. I think just produced last year or this okay. year. I think. So. Is it a Shutter exclusive? Yes, that's the problem. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. These movies, I wouldn't be able to see them any other way. So it's like, fuck, fine, I'll watch it. Well, somebody's got the money to pump out these horror movies, yeah, or to buy the rights from yeah, other people. Like, these guys, these motherfuckers have the rights, man. Where are they getting this money from? But then they also have obviously because it's horror treasure trove of just like the schlockiest, dumbest looking mm-hmm. stuff. That mm-hmm. I'm like. Flipping through from little guy to give me something good. Uh, like this one. This one was pretty good. Uh, one Cut of the Dead, which yeah. you, you had already seen. Yep. Bill saw had that seen last it before year. us. You, yeah. saw last, you saw it with Bill. A uh, very fun movie that is one of those things where it's like you get the basic setup, which is fun, and then you watch it unfold. And you're like, oh, this is an interesting turn that they take. Yeah. Uh, I, so I will say that it is a. Uh, it's a zombie movie for film nerds. It is a zombie movie for film nerds, <laughs> for production nerds. It's a it's a Japanese movie, a and these people are shooting a super low budget zombie film, uh, and then a zombie outbreak happens while they're shooting it. So the, and then and then you watch the movie from yeah. there. So in the beginning, you think it, they think it's just the movie still, yeah. and then and then like zombies come in and they're like ah, and it gets crazy and there's heads being cut off and uh, and then the point is that the director, it's right there on the poster. The director is like, keep shooting, never stop shooting. If, if there's a real shit happening, so then you watch that. That's a setup, and then it goes in a way. They're like, oh wow, this is interesting, uh-huh. and then it does something else. You're like, oh, <laughs> that's interesting, and then they even do it a little bit in the credits too. Yeah. They give you that, mm-hmm. like another like, oh okay, <laughs> another layer on top of yeah, it, and then they're like, oh okay. There's a lot of like, oh. So, but, but then here's the thing that without having to give, try not to give anything away. What what happens eventually? 
because of the setup of the whole story and the film and the way they tell it, their devices and stuff, the first 10 minutes is a little rough. Hmm. Because it is, it feels low budget. Mm-hmm. It is low budget, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like the pacing is a little awkward. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't know about this. And then it does pick up in terms of like pretty quickly in terms of violence and blood and like weirdness. Whoa. Yeah, and then it gets weird. And then you're like, did Ben Wheatley? <laughs> ben Wheatley make this? And then, uh, and then, and then it makes a turn. It keeps going. And then, like, uh, uh, a lot of uh. Mm-hmm. And ends up, I have to say, so it's a zombie movie. At the end of it, when it was over, I was like, well, it was kind of a sweet movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. I guess, yeah, it's like a, it's a weirdly feel good, kind of sweet um... zombie movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was... it's, it's, a, it's a weird <laughs> it's entry in the genre. It is. Uh, but because it's such a stuffed genre, what do you do? I mean, they've been making these movies since uh, Romero in the late 60s. A uniquely American product, the uh, the the movie zombie, because uh, there were movie zombies on, on film before Romero, but they were completely different. Mm-hmm. More, more of the um, sleepwalking, you know, like you waggle my fingers at your eyes type of. Uh, now you're a zombie. Then he was like, no, they are undead people that eat brains. He was the first one to be like eat <laughs> brains, and they're like, yeah, okay, cool, mm-hmm. eat brains, that's fun. And he did it because he read Richard Matheson's I Am Legend, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, a, a, a survival story with vampires is like what what if i could change the vampires anyway so it's hard to find that foot in the door to make something unique and interesting and they for sure did it i enjoyed it it's a very enjoyable movie one cut of the dead i would have to say if i was going to rank these two movies i'd go one cut of the dead and then blood quantum mm-hmm. if i was going to recommend people watch them do it in that order uh third movie i watched it's from 1986 it's a Stuart Gordon film from Beyond. One of the uh, one of the ones of his that I haven't seen. Reanimator is his like biggest, probably his best known movie. Have mm-hmm. you seen that one? Yeah. And then um, this one, if if it's maybe it's on YouTube, we're gonna have to do this for uh, the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/Crespediso, because it is one of my like formative movies from my childhood. Stuart Gordon's Robot Jocks. Mm, I don't think I ever saw it. Robot Jocks, it's a future, near future, <laughs> where um, instead of war, nations build giant mechs. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, 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 yeah, like Pacific Rim uh, size <laughs> um, Jaegers, maybe even a little bigger. And they fight each other instead of going to war. They fight each other in an arena, they're spectators, so you're following the uh, the pilots, the The American pilot's name is Achilles. Achilles! There's a lot of screaming his name. You go, see him go through the training and stuff. The training sequence I remember being really fun. And it's very, because this guy makes like low budget movies and he shoots them in other countries to save money. Like So this movie, From Beyond, he has a quote where he says, this movie to make in America would have cost them like fifteen million in eighty six would have cost them fifteen million. Shot in Italy it cost them like two million. Mm-hmm. And he was able to do pretty much all the same stuff that he wanted. And that's just how he works. So it is very much like look at these toys, like these one foot tall toys like battling each other, but it's so cool and so much fun. So if it's available Enough. for people to watch, we'll make it easy, it. we're gonna have to do an episode on it. It is so enjoyable. Very bad and cheesy and I love it. So I'm a big Stuart Gordon fan. Did you ever see the movie with what's his name, Stephen Rhea? Rhea, you know what I'm talking about? No, no. He is a homeless person, a uh, um, 
what do you call it? anyway? And he gets hit by a car, and he gets lodged in the in the windshield. And the woman, played by Mina Suvari, I think, just drives home and parks the car in the garage, and then leaves him lodged in the windshield, and he's alive. And he's like trying to get out of there, and she doesn't know what to do. Have you seen that movie? I don't think so. What's that fucking movie called? That's from like two thousand four. That's a wild one. The other one called Dagon. Dagon. That's another. He does a lot of HP Lovecraft stuff. This one's from two thousand one, where people like wash up on a village. It's like a rainy night, and they get all fucked up, uh, their ship or or boat or whatever, and they come across a village of like fish people. What? Yeah, HP Lovecraft. Man. So this is HP Lovecraft's HP Lovecraft's from Beyond. Get this setup, Drew. Scientists, two of them, living in a house, turn on a machine called the Resonator. Okay. The Resonator hits the point of it, and it works. By the time they start the movie, it's like they turn it on, the thing's working. It's resonating? It's resonating. It's fully resonating, and it's resonating with frequencies that it opens up like a parallel dimension, and from this parallel dimension, monsters and creatures can come through to our world and affect us in our dimension. And then once, as soon as you shut the Resonator off, everything disappears. Uh, but the effects are left behind. So they turn it on and the main scientist dies. The younger one, who's the same guy from reanimator, he goes to a psych ward, uh, to convince everyone that he isn't crazy or that he didn't kill the person. They go back to the house with a, a, a cop and another, uh, doctor he end up turning the machine back on first dude who was killed comes back like completely deformed and fucked up and changed and the the, the rest of the movie is just crazy banana weirdness <laughs> like it is really cool special effects of like uh, like gory stuff but really inventive not just like you know uh oh look at this guy's like had his uh, leg blown off or something mm-hmm. it's like he he does the old like pull his face off but underneath it looks like kind of alien and then he comes back morphed as this weird like snake head thing there's another like sort of uh like six foot tall uh it's like a like a worm like almost a sandworm but it's in the basement and it's like trying to eat this dude so it's a basement worm. it's a basement worm that like <laughs> sort of eats this dude but then it just like takes his hair off or something shit like that's that it's that. a lot of worms in one week this has <laughs> been a wormy week for it's, you it's been a wormy week and this is a wormy ass they end up with the, like these snake worm things come out of their head out of a out of a hole in their head and uh one of them gets bit off at some point uh, also there's an snm like a video drum room okay that's well like, i mean everyone needs a video drum room everyone needs a video drum room apparently. <laughs> in the 80s you do so there's a full-on video drum room in this side that gets used people getting vhs tapes stuck in and out of their vagina bellies you know what that may have been cut from and the in and out and in and out it would have fit in in this uh this wacky film from beyond is really good uh it, the color scheme, Richard Stanley was like, yes. <laughs> yes, this is it. The purples and the pinks. It, it looks a lot like uh, color. <clears throat> out of space. Color out of space. Yeah. Which is also on Shutter. Uh, yeah. It's I'm like sure. they have it exclusively. You know what else they have exclusively? Mandy. Mandy motherfuckers. <laughs> I bought that shit on Blu-ray. Fuck you. <laughs> don't, don't fuck with me, Shutter. I'll cancel at a heartbeat. I got Mandy. I don't need you. Uh, especially if I run out of these exclusives real quick that I'm actually interested in. So anyway, so those are the horror movies I watched. Uh, I also watched, I got a, my hundo, I'm at a point where I have to essentially watch like a movie every other day. Mm-hmm. So, so If you want to make it. So here we go. American movie from 1999. You ever see this one? Documentary? I don't think so. This is one where 
back in the blockbuster days, mm-hmm. back in the video store days, I would see the cover all the time, like constantly. These and like one day you were like, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it one day. I need to watch it, yes. Well, one day finally came, Drew, it was this week. Man, Blockbuster's been dead for a long time, Chris. I know, I had to, I had to turn on the resonator and find an alternate dimension <laughs> uh, purple Blockbuster. I bought it from a monster. He was like, because, you know, it's a monster language. Yeah. Um, a woman in a with a sack on her head shoved a book in my hand and, and shoved me back through the multi-dimensional machine. The American movie is a documentary. Chris Smith did the documentary on the Yes Men. He did Collapse, the one about the, the, the guy who was predicting the uh, the collapse of the financial, uh, which actually never really happened the way he said it would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a handful of really good... The, the Jim and Andy... That one, the Netflix yeah. one for a couple years ago, Chris Smith did that. He also, with Netflix, did that fire fraud documentary mm-hmm. that was produced by the Jerry Media people that were involved with fire, so oh, it was very suspect. Weird. So this is his, pretty much his first, like, he was still in college and grad school when he made this. It got his name on the map and made, like, over, like, a million, million and a half dollars at the box office, and it's about these two dudes. Well, it was really about one dude who wants to be a filmmaker, and he's working on a film called Northwestern, but he can't get the money to make it. So in order to finish, to get the funds to make Northwestern, he's going to make another movie. He's going to make a short film, a 30-minute short film. That's not short. A 30-minute short film that he would then, the plan would be to print them on VHS and then sell them direct to market at like 30 or 40 bucks a pop. But he sells, he had his figures. If I sell this many units at this price point i'll make my fifty thousand dollars which i can use to then put into funding for for my movie uh spoiler alert it's the year 2020 this northwestern movie still in production (laughs) still in pre-production so i'll just let you know that this guy is a real character a midwest dude from the late 90s he's a drunk he's uh uh, got three three or four kids he's got several kids this was Parenting skills are very questionable, mm-hmm. but he's got that goddamn fast talking thing where he gets people to, to help him out, you know, even when yeah. they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's really weird too. Uh, so throughout the documentary, they show him making these things, making these shots, and and you get to see some of the perspective. You're like, what the fuck is this nonsense? And then at the end, you get to see some of that footage put together in his final product, and you're like, well. Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> I guess he does have some talent. Like, like he does know. <laughs> like he does have a film IQ. He does like that shot. I don't know what he's doing with this shot. Later, I see it in sequence. Like, oh, he knew exactly what he needed, and he wasn't. He wasn't overshooting. He was very well prepared. It's like a Coen Brothers level of preparedness in terms of shot selection. So good. I couldn't fault him for for not having talent. It's just that he's um not crazy on the spectrum. Maybe a little spectrumy. Maybe, maybe just maybe just not business minded. Not business minded, but uh, an alcoholic. So that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. It's really good American, yeah. American movie. Highly recommend. A little long. It's like an hour and forty five, hour fifty, but really good. Uh, I rewatch in the line of fire. See, I shouldn't be rewatching. No, movies, you shouldn't. But I rewatch in the line of fire because okay. it's fucking on stars. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, God damn it! And I needed something political to get me in the mood for this week. And Manchurian Candidate just wasn't doing it for me, so I was like, let's go with Clint Eastwood. You know what's fun about in the line of fire throughout the movie? You absolutely cannot tell at all the president's political leanings. Mm. No way can you tell right or left. 
Eastwood's character's Secret Service, so political doesn't matter anyway. But he was buddy buddy with JFK, yeah. so it's like, oh, is he into Dems or does he just did he just like JFK? Uh, he said he got along with Nixon. He just had a problem with Nixon's chief of staff. So are they trying to lean him bluish? But then the president was trailing by like twelve points, and he needed California to win. But like, if he's if he's a Democrat, then he. California's in the bag. So why <laughs> this struggle with California? It, the mixed signals all over the place there with that one. It's a fun movie. Anyway, I just want to bring it up in the line of fire. And uh, I think that's actually it. Am I for? Oh, no. Uh, I, because you mentioned it last week, Run the Jewels. Yeah. Holy clam a vote. <laughs> clam a vote. Yeah, I watched <laughs> well, that. It's named after their, because uh, they got a uh, song on their new album called Holy Clam a Fuck. Mm-hmm. So it's the so Holy Clam a vote. Clam a vote. Very entertaining. I watched it via HBO Max. Yeah, it's fucking yeah, it's good. Very good performance. Run yeah. the Jewels is. Uh, was it? Did did they do it live at the time or no? What do you mean? I mean, yeah. Was it a live performance? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was because the they were supposed to go on tour, so they just made this instead and then put it on television and called that their quote unquote tour. Yeah, man. Well, it was cool. It yeah, been, it was it awesome. Would have been, been a cool show to see live. Yeah, they they I, I saw them live for their. Third album. Where where would that where, where were that where were that at? Oh, it was over at the Beecham. The yeah, Beecham. I know, I know. So, so yep. it did it not sound that great? No, was it, and was it, it too and, muddy. And it was a well, it's a it's a hip hop show. Yeah, so it's not. You couldn't tell it was that muddy because it was bass heavy anyway. True, but yeah, no, it sounds it awful. Sounds at the bad Beecham. there, man. Man, they need to do ownership. But it's a good venue for that type of show. It's the right size. It's the right size and everything. It's a, it's a theater. Well, yeah, and it's got bars in the middle, so, you know, everyone feels... True. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. But it's all right. It'll probably be another year before I end up in a venue like that. Yeah, minimum. COVID. Because of that COVID. And, all right, so, yeah, I watched that. It was on HBO. It, it was, was fucking great. Oh. It was really great. Watch with the subtitles on. So, oh, that's what he's saying. <laughs> uh, and, all right, Drew, Chicago, we're take away. What you watch this week? Uh, I watched uh, The Man Who Would Be Poker King on Netflix. Okay. The Man Who Would Be. Wait, have I seen this? No. Th- this is the true story documentary of the... Uh, Jack Black did a... Uh, Jack Black did the thing, right? A movie about yes. this guy, okay. like a dramatic reinterpretation. So, but this- it's basically there was basically a Polish guy who got into the poker game mm. and also started a pyramid scheme and is now in jail for it. Oh, we'll stick to the poker, poker <laughs> guy. Got to get into the pyramid schemes too. What were they selling? What were the units? What were the widgets? No, he he was he he was selling investment in his polka business. Okay. So he was like, yeah, I, I do all these polka shows, and polka was huge. Yeah. And everyone thought that he was making good money because of the way he dressed and the size of the shows and this, yeah. that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't making that much money at all. And he was spending way more than he was bringing in. So he was taking the investor's money and just spending it yeah. and not uh, playing on paying anyone back? Uh-huh. Oh, man. Or when it did finally come to pay people back yeah it was only because he was bringing in new people's yeah. money to take then he could pay, pay you know robin peter to pay paul yeah that's how uh that's how fire got uh speaking of the fire fest that's yeah, how they did that one exactly it's a pretty good move actually so, if you think about it we should probably think, look into something like that mm. yeah the sec will get on you real quick Who? who's that <laughs> the basketball the, 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 uh, the, the securities and exchange commission they're the ones who took him down 
Oh, I thought those were the guys that ran like no. Northeast NCAA basketball, like St. John's University. They're the ones who make sure you're not running a Ponzi scheme. Oh, Ponzi was a guy, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, he, he was. was an actual he guy. He was the guy. Bob Ponzi. I don't remember who, what his name Whatever was. Whatever his fucking first yeah. name was. That jerk. Yeah. Also on Netflix, watched Secrets of the Saqqara Tomb. Okay, okay. I'm into it. I'm listening. Uh, documentary, hour and 54 minutes. Uh, they found uh, some new burial sites in Egypt, okay. and you just follow some dudes digging up some tombs. Is this one of those, uh, we found a tomb full of like black goo? or? No, it's more like, like, we, like we found a tomb full of all sorts of weird shit, and... Mm. Uh, Completely undisturbed too. So, Ooh, nice. but it, but it's not like a, it's not like a pharaoh's tomb where it's like you know full of millions of dollars worth of gold. But right. still, finding a two thousand year old tomb that hasn't been disturbed is pretty fucking crazy. What was the coolest thing in there? Uh yeah, I mean th- there were some uh, there were some funeral bead mats that they use mm-hmm. that they lay over the coffins okay. that were still intact. And they're bead like made, just made out of beads. Just made out of beads, wow. but they, they, because of the way they were laid and undisturbed, no, the threads had since dissipated, deteriorated. But the mm. the beads were still sitting there in their designs, the way, exactly the way they should have. Wow, that's fascinating. So, yeah, it's really fun. I, I'm a fan I, of the archaeological stuff. I guess so. no earthquakes in that area. I don't know. You think a good earthquake will, will rattle those beads, perhaps uh, put them all on the ground, yeah. and then the or archaeologist not. walks in. First guy walks in, slips on a bead. Uh, cracks his back guy. ends up on AFV yep hilarious <laughs> but yeah I mean if you're into archaeology and all that weird shit on like Nat Geo and whatnot, it's two hours of that and where'd you see it on? it's on Netflix Netflix okay also on like, Netflix like, like well produced yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah I mean it's from 2020 it just came out oh nice okay Secrets of so, the Sakara Tomb uh, and also on Netflix uh, a new anime came out called The Blood of Zeus <laughs> alright it's eight thirty-minute episodes, and uh, some Greek guys got an anime company, and we're just like, listen, we're gonna use uh, all of these Greek gods and make an anime out of Greek mythology, or sorry, the quote-unquote, like you've heard in the intro, it's like you've heard all the tales of the Greek mm-hmm. gods. These are some of the forgotten tales that were lost to history. Um, blah blah. So blah. they're just making up shit. Yeah, exactly. But they're already made up. So, yep. so it's like the secret adventures of Santa Claus. Exactly. I mean, yes. actually, <laughs> we should start writing the secret adventures of Santa Claus. Go that'd for be, it, Chris. That'd be pretty good. Uh, yeah, maybe that could. So yeah, I mean, it was. What, a... what, so what's the style visually? What could you compare it to? Oh, I mean, it, it's nothing too flashy, mm-hmm. but it's definitely modern anime, yeah. and it looks good enough. It's good enough to watch. Okay, a lot, it, so it, a little low budge, maybe it, like a it's small studio. More like. Low budget Netflix. It it's on par with all the quote unquote Netflix animes that have come out. Okay, because I guess Netflix produces some of its own stuff. So this is from their studio, and they did just strike some deals with more uh, Japanese producers and studios to bring even more content over. So um, I think that that anime stuff must really be doing well for them. No, because they they keep bringing in more and more and more. For a while, it was a South Korean. Dramas, TV dramas. That was weird. Yeah, anyway, yeah it was. Anyway, so Blood of Zeus. You so see? Yes. Oh, you watched the whole thing? Yep, eight thirty-minute episodes. Okay. It's fine. I'll tell my brother to check out. No, like I said, it's fine. Okay. And then on Stars, I watched 
season one and two of American Gods. Oh, man. Neil Gaiman's yep. American Gods. With Ian McShane as Mr. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Emily Browning. You'll, you you might recognize the name. That was uh, Baby Doll from Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. The blonde girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pablo Schreiber, Leaves Brother. Yes. As Mad Sweeney, mm-hmm. the leprechaun. Mm-hmm. Really tall leprechaun. <laughs> uh, Orlando Jones is Mr. Nancy. Nice. Jillian Anderson shows yeah. up as Media. Fantastic. Uh, Peter Stromer is Zernabog. We go to Pancake House. Exactly. Uh, Crispin Glover is Mr. World. <laughs> That's the craziest one. Uh, Dane Cook is in a couple episodes. Why not? Is he fat at all? Cause, yes. Because he's fat. Yes, he's fat. It's a bummer. Yes, he plays the uh, the uh, the friend of Shadow that uh, Laura cheats with okay. to die. All right. Because, you know, spoiler. Yeah, I feel like Dane Cook, come on. I know you're successful and happy, but you got to be that happy. And then for one episode... Money, played by William Sanderson. Hey, <laughs> there we go. Uh, Good to see Mr. Sanderson. And you're Give happy. And you're happy with the uh, how having been a reader of the book, a fan I'm, of the book. Having been a reader of the book and a fan of the book, uh, the first yeah. season is very much tied to the book. Uh, the second season, they kind of veer off a bit, but it's only because of, I mean, American Gods was kind of an update of quote unquote mythology, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, introducing Mr. World, Mr. Town, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the gods of technology, this, mm-hmm. that, the other. Well, since Neil Gaiman wrote this book, some of those gods of technology that were the new gods of technology have since become the old gods. Yeah, that's true. So they went a step further and created some of those right. and did some juxtapositions and whatnot. So that makes sense. Not so tied to the book in the second season. Uh, kind of veers off a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently for the third season that comes back next year sometime, yes. I guess from what Neil Gaiman said, they're kind of quote-unquote back on track. Interesting. Whatever back, that means. Back on track to the main story of from the book. Yeah. Which is just one book. Yeah. And they're managing so far to get at least three seasons out of it. At least. Maybe a fourth. Well, I mean, they're not even to like... The two-thirds mark yet. I mean, we're two seasons in, and Shadow still is not on the tree. Gotta get on the tree, Shadow. That's the most important part. You, yeah, and you gotta hang up there for nine days, too, buddy. Not a full <laughs> nine days. Oh, spoiler alert. Book spoilers. There's gonna be a nine-day Shadow hanging. Um, so, but uh, good recommend. Yeah, yeah good recommend. I have, it's yeah. more of an ensemble piece, and unfortunately, I think Shadow is the... It's getting lost in the shuffle a bit, or... Getting lost in the shuffle. Well, that, and he's... Not a well-known actor, at least not to me. Gotcha. So everybody else in the ensemble, in my eyes, is m- kind of more qualified. So more interesting. Yeah. More like, I want to watch these people. Yes. And then Shadow pops up. Like, and it's like, okay, guy. Shadow's back. Yeah. 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 He's, he hasn't reached Yaya status yet. No. Yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly. no, no, he is not. But even then, you know, first time you see a commercial, you're like, who's this guy? <laughs> no. This mm-hmm. guy... This guy is good, man. Well, just, I mean, maybe I guess they're just not giving him much to work with. Probably possible. It's tough that, being a, 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 a essentially a straight lead because he is like the the straight man to all these other characters around him. Every other character is around so you, much more cooler. <laughs> they're cooler. They're more interesting. They get more to do, yeah. and you just have to like navigate and ask questions and well, tie the whole thing together. Yeah, it's kind of and um, unfortunately. I mean, Shadow really doesn't even come into his own in the book until the very end. That's true too. 
Yeah. You know, he's, st- he's still doing the fucking hero's journey where he has to fucking... <laughs> no! 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 Okay, fine. Ah, this sucks! All right, now I'm strong. The classic, <laughs> the classic Joseph Campbell hero's journey. Deny the call. Deny the call again. Deny the call a third time. Keep keep denying it. I mean, depending on what movie you're in, maybe you're just going to keep denying the call for the whole movie and then all of a sudden, you know what? Fuck it, let's do this. Like, you know what? Are we at in movie seven, part two? <laughs> all right, I'll finally accept my fate. Uh, American Gods on Stars, okay. So yeah, that, and that was, uh, each of those episodes were an hour long and eight episodes per season, so that was 16 hours. Wow, well, eight episodes isn't too bad, though. No. That's a kind of kind of a, I think eight is a new 10. 10 was a new 12. Yeah. You and now I think eight is a new 10. Eight is a new 10. Yeah, they're going even shorter now with the seasons. Which yeah. That's There's fine. so much shit out there anyway. Yeah, and, and ser- with how good these sh- shows look these days mm-hmm. I mean I don't see how they can I mean they're spending how much money per episode fuck yeah depending on the show and the network they'd be spending some good money uh, up to a million two million per episode that's possible if not more um, okay so that's it yep. media diet that was everything alright we're gonna take a break we have a new Billy D's Death of the Movies he actually numbers them this is Billy D's Death of the Movies number 55 Okay. and he's um, finishing his night stream um, coverage he is talking a little bit of Shutterfest because he's an early Shutter adopter. And uh, what else did he have? He had something else in there. I saw the email. So, Billy D does the movies. Follow him online. We'll be back with the second half of the show. We have one comment in the Facebook group. And then I have a whole bunch of uh, stories from the entertainment world for you to wrap your brain around. Here we go. <laughs> Watch a few movies, take a few notes. Billy D's death of the movies. What's up, my dudes? I hope everybody had a happy Halloween. I celebrated by tuning in to Shudder's Shudderfest, which was super cool. It was a cool way to interact with a bunch of maniacs while hearing from a crazy mix of legends, newcomers, and wild personalities, all talking about the rosy past, very weird present, and hopefully the future of horror. Capped off by a double feature stream on Shutter proper of John Carpenter's Halloween and a surprise screening of an upcoming Shutter exclusive, Lucky. Lucky was super interesting, and I hope you all get a chance to see it next year when it releases to Shutter very clever and modern update to the slasher genre. And also, it's been a while since I sat through Halloween front to back, but it still works. That movie's so damn good. So lean, and it fucking moves. Albeit a little slower than a film made today, but it's perfectly paced. Like, that third act is explosive. A masterclass in suspense. What a fantastic Halloween. I also finished my Nightstream coverage. I was crazy busy with finishing other projects, and I'd let a couple screeners get pushed back, but I finally watched everything I requested. In the last of the new films that I was able to see, I caught Rose Plays Julie, which I wasn't sure I was going to like, but I really liked it. This slow burn thriller plays out in surprising and organic ways. Rose is a young veterinary student in Dublin, and she's known that she was adopted since she was about 12. Finally, she's got her birth mother's contact info, despite her biological mom not wanting any contact with her offspring. But Rose is a little weird, to put it lightly. She seems like Dexter Morgan. So this obsession to meet her birth mother, especially when it goes in an unexpected way, just seems like a very bad idea. But this film is very beautifully shot and acted. Anne Skelly and Orla Brady are just so fucking good. And you believe that these two are strangers who are connected in a very deep and unpleasant way. Rose Plays Julie is also super uncomfortable and deals with some heavy stuff. 
but is ultimately a rewarding and cathartic experience. One of my favorite parts of film festivals is the offbeat stuff, the screening some passionate individual curates from some bottomless recess of film knowledge. We all have gaps in our knowledge and experiences we missed out on for whatever reason, so I grabbed a double feature of older films I'd never seen. Deadline and Death by Temptation. Deadline is something else. It's a 1980 citation needed horror film from Canada, except it's not a horror movie at all. It's a drama about a popular horror writer named Stephen Lessie, and he's working on a film and collapsing under the pressure. Stephen has these fantasies, daydreams, brainstorming sessions, and these play out as these insane little vignettes that are intercut through the film that are filled with gore and nudity. These fantasies get darker and more extreme as Stephen's life disintegrates before his very eyes. This is a dark movie, and I'd never heard of it before, and I loved it. It's such a unique way to tell this story, which would be compelling on its own. A hot young writer whose mind unravels after a series of mounting tragedies. Can't recommend this enough. The last film I caught through Night Stream was the 1990 trauma joint, Death by Temptation. This is a bizarre time capsule of 1990s NYC and black culture at that time. It's the story of two friends who took different paths in life and the succubus that comes between them. It was fun to see this cast of recognizable 90s actors in some really early roles like Samuel L. Jackson and Kadeem Hardison and cameos from musicians Freddie Jackson and Najee. This is a fun movie, and I don't know how I could hate on it. Watching it for the 90s NYC is worth it alone. The bonus is it's a funny B movie. Well, that wraps my night stream coverage. Got one more surprise for next week. I got tickets to the Darren Lynn Bousman directed digital seance experience, One Day Die. We'll see what that's all about. Stay spooky, Billy D. And you stay spooky, Billy D. We appreciate it, buddy. Stay spooky, Drew. I mean, I'm not really a spooky guy. You're actually not. No, you're not. A... Surprisingly enough, I'm not that spooky. Yeah, never, I mean, you never really been a... <laughs> I mean, antisocial, yes. Yeah. Spooky, not so much. You like black t-shirts, but I mean, you also wear a color as well. So yeah, not, no, yeah. exactly. It's, I mean, I, I was never a, one of those goth people. Yeah, it's like, ooh, look at my, uh, look at my melty skull candle with the with the crow statue uh, sticking out of it. And my hair is naturally really dark brown, but I'm going to dye it straight black. Straight black. And then I'm also, even though it's straight hair, I'm going to straighten it even more. And then I'm going to go this Halloween as Peter Steele. Oh. Anyone? Peter Steele? Nope. Anyone? Mm -mm. No. Typo negative. Black, black, number one. As in the hair dye. I mean, if you say so. It wasn't really in the typo negative either. The chorus was like, she has to buy the hair dye because her roots are showing. Oh, okay. Goth girl. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I had bad taste. Well. <laughs> we all did, Chris. It's a varying degrees. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a various, it's varying various degrees. I, mean, I would also listen to Weird Al. So that was the good stuff. Uh, we are going to do the second half of the show. Second half of the show, we're going to have a comment in the Facebook group, and then we're going to go over a bunch of new stories. And the second half is brought to you by Streamline Mortgage Solutions. Guys, let me do a... Uh, Quick ad read here for Mortgage Streamline Solutions. Going to do it on the show because I did not pre-record it. Uh, but it's really simple, guys. Go to StreamlineFlorida.com. I'll even tell you, Drew. I'm not going to tell you to do it, but this is what people can do, right? 
StreamlineFlorida.com. What do you think uh, interest rates are right about now for oh, I, loans? I, I know they're under 4%. You know what, Drew Chicago, where they are historic lows for... I do work in an industry where I do get to see interest rates, and some of these rates I'm seeing are like... Dude, they're, they're super low. They're pretty crazy. Like, if, if I hadn't... Of, like, if I wasn't in the beginning of my mortgage, yeah. and like strictly pretty much paying off interest right now. Yeah. I, I might refinance, but there's no point. There's, really? You think there's no point? Well, here's the thing. I'm not saying you got to do this, but if you don't think there's a point, if you're not sure there is, you can actually call Streamline Mortgage Solutions at 407-898-4477. Just tell them your situation. Let them know what your current rate is, what your current situation is, and they'll let you know. They'll even do the research to let you know whether it's a good deal or not for you to refinance at this time. But, I mean, chances are, like, you did yours pretty recently, but chances are, people, if you're listening, you have a loan, right? Can you think of what your rate is off the top of your head? No? That means it's been so long that it's too high. You should be paying less right now. Save some money. You can save some money, pay off your loan quicker. You can just put yourself in a better financial situation. With the world falling apart around us, I mean, come on. What else do you want to do? Uh, Brian Zimel is the uh, the president over there. You can email him directly. B-Z-I-M-E-L. Brian Zimel at StreamlineFlorida.com. Uh, go to their website, StreamlineFlorida.com. And uh, they like testimonials. They gave us, Drew, like five testimonials to read uh, when we do our ad reads. Um, in addition to talking about the historic lows and all the stuff, rate lows. And I don't have to necessarily read one of these testimonials because I know someone personally who used them. Uh, and it's Peter Von Taborski over at Scotching Good Conversation. When I told him, hey, we're doing some of these ad reads, are you in? He said, hey, I've used Streamline. It's kind of an easier decision for us to say yes. He mm-hmm. used them. Didi, his wife, used them. They are happy with them. That's why they're doing the ads because it's a product that they can say that they've used and they believe in. And uh, so that's my provided testimonial. It's from PVT. He let me know himself personally that they use them in the past. So Streamline Mortgage Solutions. Use it, guys. They are sponsoring the second half of the show. And, of course, Drew, the rest of the show, every story is uh, mortgage positive. It's about the, how great mortgages are. Every okay. I watch all these movies about mortgages. No, I didn't. Um, we should do this. I meant to do this at the top of the show. I mean, God, it's a movie podcast, right? You think you'd pay attention, but... Uh, rest in peace, uh, Sean Connery. There, he just passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, sad, not a tragedy. Yeah, ninety years old, passed away in his sleep in his Bahamian home. About to say, uh, sounds like he went on, on top. Yes. <laughs> uh, apparently, he's been ill for a little bit, but uh, aside from that, he's been retired, living in Bahamas, just watching from the sidelines as the world is falling apart like these BLM agitators. Uh, I guarantee you he was very yeah, not happy with that. Not happy with the uh, what what he saw as the direction of the world, which is giving it into the leftist mobs. Um, but it doesn't matter. He's passed. Uh, Sean Connery, obviously a lot of people's favorite Connery. Uh, I saw the last movie he did was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I saw that in theaters. Yeah, it was awful. Terrible, terrible movie. So bad. He was mm. like, I'm done. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no more of this shit. And the reason he even did it is because he has his own weird history of passing on roles that ended up being big. Yeah. Gandalf probably probably being the biggest thing mm-hmm. that he ended up passing on because he didn't understand it. Yeah. And I think he also passed on... Was he offered something in The Matrix or am I thinking of someone no, else? No, you're right. Was he it was. The Matrix? Yeah. And he, like, he didn't get that out. I don't understand it. So then the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen came along and was like, I don't understand it. But if I pass on it, maybe I'll fuck up again. <laughs> and he's also good casting for... Um, 
like a retired Alan Quartermain, which is essentially like an Indiana Jones type of character. I mean, but still, it was a bad, bad movie. It was also like a an Avengers like team up movie of yeah. all these characters. Uh-huh. Like on paper, it was interesting, just not on film. It's just, it's that's what happens when you hire Stephen Norrington. It's like, hey, Blade is good. Oh, that's all he had. That's it. He was done. <laughs> Sorry, he blew his load. Sorry. Sorry. So, Sean Connery in class such as League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Zardoz, uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. The Rock. And, of course, The Rock is greatest. The Rock. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Carla was the prom queen. Well, then can I meet her? Is she, is she here? Is she... Is she available? Is she available? Is what I'm trying to ask. You're like, are you still together, or you just you just say she's your wife? Well, then I'll we'll, we'll go back to the movie. Ah, uh, rip, Sean. Good old Sean. Um, let's get into that Facebook group uh, comment. We have a Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, get off it. But if you're not gonna get off it, join our Facebook group. It's pretty chill. We just uh, ask some uh, some fun stuff in there. We we dick around. We don't take it too seriously. And we try to treat each other with a modicum of respect. And people can ask us questions, and we'll answer them on the show just like this. Cremella gets at us. What up, Cremella? Chris. Yes. What is Drew's primary love language? Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation, Mm-mm. quality time, mm-hmm. receiving gifts, acts of service, or physical touch? Oh, no, no. Drew does not like being touched. These are repulsed by touch. If you if you reach out to him, he physically backs off. It's very strange. You will look up and scream, help me, and I will look down and say, no. Say, and look down with gloved, with gloved <laughs> hands and sanitizer and say, no. Uh, Drew's love language. What's the opposite of words of affirmation? Hate. A lot of negative <laughs> vitriol. Tell me things about I'm dumb or not good looking or just, you know. General uh, putting me down is is big. Um, showing up here <laughs> on time. Yeah, yeah. Every week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For real. Have you guys noticed that he's always here? <laughs> the times when he's not here, it's always been like shit has gone down. Yeah, like real bad. <laughs> yeah, he's here. Um, occasional gifts. Yeah. Whether it be like, gifts work. might be mo. I mean, we got a Blade Runner Funko. We got a minus yeah. the bear vinyl. I mean, every now and then. Shows up with a gift, so yeah, it's a it's a weird mixture of. I think this guy likes me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, I don't hate you. So there you go, and that says a lot. That counts for a lot <laughs> these days. That counts for a lot. I'm not on the hate list, uh, and that Cremello, I think, is the truest answer you're gonna get out of this. <laughs> that was all. That, yeah. None of that was Pretty a much. bit. Those are all. That's all real. And is that it? That's it for the group? Yeah. All right, that's it for the group. We also, you can email us, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com, and we'll read it on the show. But you didn't email us, and that's fine. We don't need your emails, because there's plenty of shit to talk about. There's also patreon.com slash so where if you're a patron, and you sign up there, monthly, I'm putting up a Q&A post, and you can ask any question you want there, and I answer it for patrons only. That's where you want to hear the real dirt, the hot goss, all that shit. Patreon.com slash Crespity. So, all right, Drew, I have a decent amount of stories here. Some good ones, some lame ones. So, we shall see what kind of uh, straw we draw. I was going to say, what? You make straw out of hay? You make hay out of straw? Yes. All right. Let's make some straw hay with this Kanye West story. Kanye West loves movies. Okay. 
He loves movies. He did a tour, now it's already been like seven, eight years ago, where someone went to the show, took a bunch of pictures from the balcony, and then wrote an article comparing different visuals that he was doing to scenes from the Holy Mountain. Oh. And it was like he has he is clearly just doing a stage production of the Holy Mountain, and he was. <laughs> so, cool. So yeah, Kanye is interesting. He's also bipolar. So, which is, you know. Usually way it works. When when you're like, man, Kanye is flipping out. That's why. Because he's bipolar. When he starts being like, I'm going to be president. Like, oh boy. Oh, here we go. This must be the manic side. Oh boy. Come on, Kim. Get him him his medicine. Uh, Here we go. Kanye has thoughts on Star Wars movies. Okay. And what's the context? Let me see here. Oh, of course. Who, 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 of course... This guy would want to speak to him, and of course, Kanye would say yes. Let's sit down and do this on the Joe Rogan experience. Of course, um, I don't even. It's don't really set up how he gets into this, but here we go. Here's Kanye. This is about to make me mad right here. The first time you see me get mad in an interview, okay? Mm. They said that George Lucas's prequels were worse than the corporate-made Disney Star Wars. I don't know who they is. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. Revenge of the Sith, we saw how Darth Vader was made. I watched it like 10 times during COVID. Don't jump, Anakin. I've got the high ground. Uh, so just kind of coming out for him. Oh, and here's the reasoning why. And I've heard this reasoning from other people. I'm saying even the prequels are better than anything. And I'm sorry, Disney Star Wars design team. No, man. This is George. This is his baby. That thing was set in his heart to show us as children the hero's journey. Um... It's more the villains, really, in the prequels, but anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, Kanye, a ardent George Lucas fan supporter, I think that's coming down to him being like, I support the artist versus the corporation. Meanwhile, he's trying to sit on the board of like Nike yeah. and there was all this other shit. Uh-huh. Again, yeah. bipolar. Uh, but it's interesting uh, well, I mean, you take can, from, from Mr. West. I'm sure you can sit on the board of Nike when you have your own billion-dollar shoe company. Man, he seems so mad about. Well, they, they try to hook him with Adidas. Who else? Um, the perfume company like turned him down. Uh, he's trying to get in with these all these rich uh, white European designers, and like he can't get any respect from them, and that's pissing him off. He's like so desperately trying to get respect from people he sees that his betters were almost all just their financial betters. And uh, I mean, really, he should just be like basking in the glow of being Kanye West. He's, he's the say, king of his own mountain. And ha- half of those guys that like he wants to get in with aren't making nearly as much money mm-hmm. as he is. They don't have the profiles Which of him. They don't have the influence so of him. Weird. Yes, he is. He needs to like pay attention to who he actually is. And be like, yeah, I'm, just be Kanye. But then now he's all like, oh, now I'm Kanye for Jesus. My like, God, damn God damn it! I don't know what's weirder. Uh, well, Kanye be like, I'm putting out a gospel album or uh, this weird run of like Ice Cube well, and, 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 I mean, and Lil Wayne. But in, like, we support the president. In one of the lines from one of his earliest songs, he did say he was halfway between a church and an insane asylum. That's so, true. That's true. Uh, I, I believe him. Yeah. When if someone tells you who they are, believe them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Creed 3. Oh, okay. Likely happening. Okay. 
as opposed to Alter, Alter Bridge 2. I mean, Im- immediately, you said Creed, and I was like, the Christian band? Yeah, we're doing music, <laughs> Christianity, Creed. What? Arms, sweat, hope, hands. Was it back? I thought Scott Stapp was in jail for doing dumb shit. Is it, did he get out by now? I have no idea. I thought he was living on a motel on 192. What's he? The last I heard, yeah, putting up uh, YouTube videos, being all sad and shit. Like, With arms wide open. He's crying as he... Um, Creed 3, the movie. Looking like they're maybe putting it together. Looking like the director maybe making his debut as a director. That would be, according to Deadline, Michael B. Jordan. Hmm. Michael B. Jordan looking to step behind the camera and, and see, uh, actually taking the Sylvester Stallone route. He, director of Rockies 2, 3, 4, and 6. The most hated Rocky is Rocky Five. Stallone didn't direct it. Interesting. Yeah. That was uh, John G. Alvidson, who directed the first Rocky movie, and they brought him back to be like, let's bring this thing full circle. He'll bring back to class, make it good, you yeah, know? Yeah, we'll, we'll bring him back full circle, we'll even though we're going to keep making a bunch more of these fucking movies. Because, because <laughs> Rocky Five ended up being so bad, it's like, shit, now we got to fucking keep making these things. <laughs> And then Sloan got to a point where, like, man, he couldn't even he couldn't even sell uh, dirt. He couldn't sell dirt on an ant farm, and uh, he's like, "I gotta, I gotta make a comeback." Ended up being Rocky. Uh, so we'll see. Michael B. Jordan, too big for his britches, or the next actor director Wonderkind. Hopefully, we'll find out in a couple of years. We'll see. Obviously, uh, Coogler ain't coming back. Although. Yeah. Because he was going to be doing Black Panther 2. But... Is he still going to want to? I'm gonna. Have, I'm sure I'm sure he'll still want to, whether... Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have to rewrite the whole fucking movie. Yes, they're rewriting, they're re-figuring, reconfiguring the, what they have to do with their whole Phase 4. Because um, I'm sure Chadwick Boseman is going to be a huge part of that. It's a gigantic part of it. And, uh, yeah, what do they do? And then Ryan Coogler, like, that's the thing. How close did he get with Bozeman? Would it be now like weird for him to come back to direct another one without him? Like maybe he'll be like, I can't do this. I can't direct without him. Well, you gotta you gotta find someone else. David Fincher. Showrunner and director of Mindhunters. Mindhunter, excuse me, on Netflix. Previously said he had a five season run mm-hmm. in mind for it. They had two seasons done already. Mm-hmm. And someone asked him, uh, actually it was Vulture, asked him about continuing Mindhunter. Here's his quote. Mindhunter was a lot for me. It's a 90-hour work week. Mm. That's a lot. Mm. It absorbs everything in your life. When I get done, I was pretty exhausted. And I said, I don't know if I have it in me right now to break season three. Uh, Because he's also just finished Mank. So, dude's kind of tired. Mm. Dude's kind of tired. Doesn't know if he wants to jump into a gigantic another workload with season three. I mean, maybe much, he just needs to outsource and get other people to direct. I was about to say. I mean, when I I enjoy Mindhunters, mm. but if he's working ninety hours a week, I don't need Mindhunters that bad. Yeah, man, relax. <laughs> Take some time off. I mean, I've worked. I think the most I've ever worked in one week is like 70 hours, and I don't think I ever want to do that ever again. Yeah, I'd say maybe I put in 60, 70-hour weeks when, at one point, 
one Christmas season, uh, senior year of college, my last year of college, I had a seasonal job, my normal job that was like working 35 hours, and then uh, finishing school. That was not fun. No. That was not fun. Not at all. But I needed monies. I needed the monies. I was a poor, poor broke boy who needed the monies. Still am. I'm still a pretty broke boy who needs the monies. Yeah, uh, oh, I've read this great article recently about um, exploring the relationship between Madonna and David Fincher and how, because he directed a few of her music videos mm -hmm. and how they are a um, one of her forgotten relationships whenever people put together lists of Madonna's famous uh, boyfriends and mm -hmm. husbands. He never makes the list because at the time he was just a music video director. Mm -hmm. A successful one, but, you know. Still, he was just... There, there's even... Someone they showed a part of an interview where she is like, I do sort of have a muse with the, this director I'm working with now, a music video director. His name is David Fincher because you have to like explain no. who he is. But it's uh, they were totally not him for a few years there. It's very fascinating. Um, Bong Jun Ho got a quote here about how Mad Max Fury Road was an inspiration for him for on Parasite. Okay, all right. Here's what he said. The movie never stops. All of the background information in Fury Road appears quite naturally. The camera is always moving, but the information is explained through action. It was quite inspirational to me. Uh, he is on the record now several times as just singing the praises of Mad Max Fury Road. And, uh. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and I love it. I love how he's just like... This is a masterpiece, and you all should be trying to copy it in different ways. Yeah. And not just like making a car chase movie in the desert, no. but recognizing <laughs> what makes the movie special and using that to make your, in his case, uh, black comedy of um, uh, classism mm -hmm. and, right? Parasite, Fury Road, so different from each other. And yet, he I mean, found everyone, direct inspiration. Everyone's like, Citizen Kane, Citizen Kane. I'm like, Mad Max Fury Road. That, fuck you. That's the 21st century <laughs> Citizen Kane, goddammit. Like, if you if you can't do this, mm -hmm. just don't bother. Then, then, <laughs> then go home. Stop. Just don't bother. If, or, if this isn't your... Or if this isn't your aspiration to reach yeah, these heights, or exactly, or or if that's at least not your aspiration, like you want to do something of that quality, then just yeah. fucking get the hell out. Yeah, like if you want to make a mob movie and you don't think you have what it takes to make something even approaching Goodfellas, then don't, don't, just don't quit your job as a dishwasher at Cheesecake Factory. Don't think you can do it. That's assuming you still have that job. Ooh. Assuming Cheese the Cheesecake Factory is open. Cheesecake Factory is open. They are in Florida. This Florida, goddamn it. We 100% we open. That's not true. Still, a lot of places are closed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, DeSantis. Explain that. DeSantis. How come they're not opening despite you saying their own should open? It's almost like uh, science is a... Uh, there's a David Bowie movie coming out called Stardust. Okay. Okay. And it's specifically about him. They, they did their approach where it's just a small period of his life. This one being where he comes to America for his Ziggy Stardust tour. I bring this up because there is, there's a couple interesting things about this Bowie biopic. Um, and here we go. They put out the trailer. If you watch the trailer, you'll notice that the trailer doesn't have even one iota of David Bowie music. Okay. That is because they couldn't get the rights. They don't have the rights to David Bowie's music. <laughs> there, we're doing this anyway. Um, it's based on a book. 
book. It's an independent film. Was not granted the music rights. David Bowie's son, mus- uh, movie director Duncan Jones, said this on Twitter. This movie won't have any of Dad's music in it. And I can't imagine that ch-ch-ch-changing. I added that, the changing part. If you want to see a biopic without his music or the family's blessing, that's up to the audience. So they don't even want this thing being fucking out there. I mean, plenty of people don't want movies being made about their loved ones. That's true. So. Um, Stardust stars Jenna Malone, uh, Mark Marin, and uh, who is Bowie? What's this person's name? Uh, someone that no one knows. Where is it? Oh, Johnny Flynn. Anyway. Okay. David Bowie movie. No David Bowie music. No thank you. That's what I say. What do you say? Yeah, no. Uh, well then, we're on the same page. And then, hold on a second. Let me just, uh, I got a tech. See, the problem when you use your phone to get news stories is then you get important text messages. Mm-hmm. And you got to be like, oh, shit, I should probably just respond to this real quick so this guy doesn't freak out. And, okay, here we go. We're back. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, unless Tilda Swinton's playing David Bowie, mm-hmm. I don't want to see the movie anyway. Yeah, sure. He sort of played him a bigger splash. I mean, come on. She would have been perfect. Perfect Bowie. Maybe not start because stardust bowie is like 20s he's super young and and you know what actually in american gods jillian anderson as media dresses up as david bowie at one point in time looks pretty spot on got got it going on with a jillian anderson david bowie impression she's also english that helps too right Mm -hmm. is she english i mean if not then she does a damn good british accent i think she is and that she does a damn good american accent either way yeah um, we alluded to this earlier. Marvel series on Disney Plus coming. They already cast Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk from uh, Orphan Black, and they cast. Uh, do I have her? Actually, I think I might have her name here. Um, because they got themselves their um, Ms. Marvel. Nope, Jillian Anderson's from Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Chicago, Illinois, UK is what I'm saying. We got the best sausages over here this side of Liverpool. Know what I'm saying? Um, because she's also on The Crown. Mm. That's why I was like, she does a lot of English stuff. And uh, the latest casting news comes to us from that line. Mohammed Diab, 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 D-I-A-B, has been tapped to direct the Moon Knight series. Mm-hmm. And Heard about Oscar this. Isaac will be the star. I'm down. You will play the psychologically unstable mercenary who may or may not have the ability to communicate with a, a lunar god that bestows the powers of super strength. That's what Moon Knight is? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not know any of that. <laughs> yeah. That's me learning that I, for the first time. Yeah, and I think like the, the moon god, I think it has something to do with like ancient Egypt as well. So like, like I think it's an ancient Egyptian, is Egyptian this guy, god. Is this guy, Sir, Sir, Sergio Spokalakagos, what's his name? This guy was like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I think it's him. Is he part of it? Was he? Is he the one? Who, is he gonna pop on the show and be like aliens? <laughs> Giorgio Sukalos. There you go. <laughs> that guy. What did I say? I said something. I said something close to that. <laughs> Aren't those the delicious cookies they turn into cookie butter? I have no idea. Speculos cookies. Uh, yeah, those are speculos. <laughs> Giorgio <laughs> Speculos. And then he's like cookie butter. <laughs> but someone make a meal of him just going cookie butter, and then put that out there and see if people get it. <laughs> Probably not. No, they won't. Because they're not smart like we are. Uh, so, yes, Oscar Isaac 
Um, Moon Knight. That'll be fun. Cool. He was already uh, Spider-Man 2099. Yep. Well, the voice of. Yeah. And... Uh, and um, post credit scenes well, for Into the Spider-Verse. And he was, uh, he was something else, too. Uh, God damn it. Because I, I... Oh, um, Apocalypse. There we go. There we go. Because he's the first person to play three separate Marvel characters. <laughs> ever. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I mean, Chris Evans was in the lead because Chris Evans did... Because uh, he, he had Human he was Torch. Johnny, yeah, because he was Human Torch and then Captain America. And Michael B. Jordan was also Human Torch yeah. and Killmonger. Exactly. So they, they, they had some twofers out there. There's a number but, of twofers. But now he's the first one to be ah, three Marvel characters. That's so funny. Marshala Ali and actually, and the funny, is going to be... Uh, Blade will be his second. Yeah, and the funny thing is, two of them were, were for Sony. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's funny. But now it's all Marvel Legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, John David Washington will be in a Netflix movie. Okay. Called... Born to be Murdered. Okay. And it's a thriller being produced by Luca Garagno. He of cool. uh, currently, what's that HBO show? Um, we Are we are Who We Are. I've seen a couple episodes, like, out of order. It's it's definitely like it feels like his show. Like, oh, of course this guy would make this show. It feels like it. Um, But he's producing it, and it's going to be the English-language debut of director Fernando Cito Filomarino. Hey, okay. That was a pretty good on the first read. He is Guadagnino's second unit director. So he did second unit on Coming By Your Name, A Bigger Splash, which we just mentioned, funnily enough, uh, Suspiria. And the movie's going to be starring Alicia Vikander, Boyd Holbrook, ugh, and um, Vicky Kripes, Creeps. That's the lady from The Phantom Thread. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, two thirds of a good cast so yes. far. Because Boyd, Boyd Holbrook. Holbrook. <sighs> He's had multiple chances so far. Logan, <sighs> Predator, he's not impressing me, this guy. Nope. Fucking bland white dude, Sam Worthington of the 21st fucking century. Actually, Sam Worthington's a Sam Worthington of the 21st century. He's a Sam Worthington of 2020. There we go. Sentence fixed. Um, Born to be Murdered is set in Athens. And the Epirus region of Greece, it follows a vacation couple, played by Washington and Vikander who fall prey to a violent conspiracy with tragic consequences. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. Netflix movie coming soonish. Oh, bringing it back to um, David Fincher. Mm-hmm. He's got this Mank movie, right? Mm-hmm. The Making of Citizen Kane. Apparently, so it's all shot on Didge and all this stuff, right? But then they want it to feel like a movie, like a lost movie from the time period. So they did all sorts of visual and audio tricks to try to just make it feel like an old movie. So let's see if that shit works. It's got, I mean, it's got that, just from the trailer, it's got that look and feel. It does have a pretty good look, but it still feels a little crisp. Um, I did have some stuff here. Let's see. Well, it feels, it feels like the artist black and white as opposed to, you know, old school black and white. Right, exactly. And, but they want old school black and white. So speaking with Vulture, here's Fincher. Well, you better be using sodium lamps then. That's the problem. You better be using (laughs) film. He says, Ren Kleiss, who is the sound designer, and I started talking years ago about how he wanted to make this feel like it was found in the UCLA archives or in Martin Scorsese's basement on its way to restoration. Everything has been compressed and made to sound like the 1940s. The music has been recorded with older microphones, so as as a sort of sizzle and wheeze around the edges. 
You get it from strings, mostly get it from the brass. What you're hearing is a revival house, an old theater playing a movie. Um, we went three weeks over schedule on the mix, trying to figure out how to split the atom. Visually, our notion was we're going to shoot super high res, and then we're going to degrade it. So we took almost everything and softened it to an absurd extent to try to match the look of the era. We probably lost two-thirds of the resolution in order to make it have the same feel. And then we put in little scratches and digs and cigarette burns. They nice. added fucking real change cigarette burns. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's awesome. Um... And then he also says, he adds here, and then we made the soundtrack pop like it does when you do a real changeover. It's one of the most comforting sounds in my life. Yeah, it all... Yeah, the, just the new, yep. which they digitally added and used in um, Grindhouse. So, yeah. so that's the thing. So they're doing all this digital manipulation to try to make it look like an older movie. So you just made it like an older movie. They should have shot on film. And... Uh, could they? Is it going to end up looking like Grindhouse, where it's like obviously even that shit was shot on film, but they yeah. added scratches and stuff, and it looks fake. It doesn't look like it's a really old footage. It looks like manipulated footage. Uh, Fincher's one of the best. Can he pull it off, or or will it look like uh, like obviously like uh, they put an Instagram filter on? Well, we'll find out soon enough. We'll be fine in December, early December, as a matter of fact. Maybe uh, about thirty days from now, we'll be reviewing Mink, which is oh shit. It's the first David Fincher movie in five years. Mm-hmm. Six years. Yeah. December 4th comes out on Netflix. Playing in theaters uh, a week or two ahead of time. Enzian Theater? Maybe. Question mark? Juice the Cogman. Because um, that's what they did for Irishman. And Roma as well. Roma also played at the Enzian. So yeah. Uh, actually, Manco will probably play there. So we're going to have to go. Cool. We're going to have to. Assassin's Creed. Live action TV series. It's coming. In the works at Netflix again with animated spinoffs, so they got a big old plan for for Assassin's Creed. I mean, there's great potential for storytelling there. Tons of it, right? Yeah. How did how just did, be, uh, how did Fassbender blow it with Kurzel? Yeah, because they, they, they blew it. They blew it. That shit was boring. It was awful. What the fuck? What the fuck? Not even Michael K. Williams could save that movie. No, man. <sighs> Maybe if they made him gayer. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, all right, good. Okay, I need I need my Michael K. Williams to be kissing men, but then angry about it. <laughs> He's so good at that. Uh, have you people been watching Lovecraft Country? It's over. Check it out. It's really good. It's time to, to watch it. So, yeah, we got a series coming. You'll see. We'll see how it goes. Oh, man. So, th- this is interesting stuff. The, the, the Zack Snyder Justice League four-hour movie slash uh, four-episode miniseries, however you want to watch it. This thing is giving, um, like, the money men. It is. the, mo- the They've got to have heart palpitations yes. every day. Mm-hmm. Like, every time anybody, like, the second Zack Snyder wakes up, I'm sure they're just like, fuck, yeah. what we, what's going to happen today? Money, oh, my, oh my fucking God. How much more? I mean, we don't have any more money. How yeah. can we do this? They, they went from $30 million just to finish effects and music to over $70 million to shoot new stuff, reshoot stuff. Um, now we're adding characters. Yes, and I have, Drew, a pretty comprehensive list here. Of the characters. 
that have all been either cut out entirely and then reinserted or uh, they're shooting new stuff to put them in. So here we go. Going down the list in this order, we have um, probably the most recent announcement was Jared Leto's Joker. Mm-hmm. We'll be making his uh, man long awaited, much wanted return. No, nobody nobody wants him as Joker. Of all the Jokers. The worst. They couldn't even like pay Jack Nicholson to come out of retirement and be and play like fat Joker in a wheelchair or something. I would have rather seen that. That would have been better. No. Jerry was coming back. Um Dark Side will be making this appearance, played by actor Ray Porter. And that's gonna be sort of a cameo, I think just one scene, but maybe they added more. I don't know, actually. Who knows? And his right hand man is a character named Dasad. Played by Peter Guinness, so they're expanding the villains. Famously cut, now back in, Willem Dafoe's Volko from Aquaman. Mm. He was going to make his debut in Justice League. Uh, That is all reinserted. Ryan Zhang is playing a character called The Atom. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any information here specifically on this? He was from The Great Wall, Ryan Zhang. And his character was one of the ones that got sent to the cutting room floor. So he got reinserted. Um, uh, Cyborg. His mother, Eleanor, who dies in the car wreck that, that wrecks him and that his dad ends up like fixing him to turn him into Cyborg. That character is reinserted. So probably her death is coming back. And Iris West. Kersey Clemens as Iris West for um, The Flash's storyline yeah what no reinserted in uh the atom in one of the like dark knight rises or dark knight returns mm-hmm. or one of those one of those future store or maybe it's a kingdom come maybe it is kingdom come could be uh but the atom's the one who uh shrinks down and actually and accidentally steps on that girl's brain which kills her which starts that whole fucking dc bullshit I don't think that's Kingdom Come. I forget what it is, but one of those big stories. Interesting. The Adam a has crisis a on infinite earths type of one thing. One of those type of things, yeah. Wow. Well, he's in this, baby. As well as a reveal that this character who is in Man of Steel, who's already in these movies, is secretly the whole time has been Martian Manhunter. Harry yeah, okay. Lennox, that guy. Oh, he's been Martian Manhunter the whole time? This guy's Martian I mean, Manhunter the whole time. And that was the theory. Because Martian Man... Because that's what Martian Manhunter does. Mm-hmm. Hides out and, and, and watches. Yeah. And he's in... Well, he is John Johns. Cool. Uh, it is. It was a theory, and it has been confirmed. He will be portraying Martian Manhunter. Uh, the reveal will happen in Justice League. I'm okay with that. That's interesting. So those are all the characters that are either reinserted or inserted for the first time. Also, um, maybe I passed over it. Joe Manginello's Deathstroke mm-hmm. is also supposed to be popping up as well. So there you go. Borat 2. What do we got? We're down to about five minutes here. Perfect. Borat 2. All the fallout from all the different participants and people being contacted and finding out what they knew, what they didn't know, how all that shit worked out. One of the weirdest ones is the uh, the black lady, the babysitter, Janice, Janice Jones, right? Who's like the one person who comes across as a decent human being in the whole thing, right? Uh, she, Trisha Cogburn, was very upset with this movie because she said she spent the last year worrying about Tutar. Mm. You know, being like, is she okay? 
I, I watched over her for a couple of days and she's out there with, with this terrible father. Is she fine? So she had her church praying for Tutar. Can you imagine that? A church of people praying for a fictional character for a year. That'd be weird. Yeah, it is weird. Well, it would be weird. It was weird. It happened. Uh, anyway, so the pastor felt bad for Jones. Especially because he was the one who gave the producers her name. Because they were like, we need a black grandmother for a documentary. That's what they told him. He started to GoFundMe. GoFundMe got over $100,000. That Jones is now just using to uh, reinvest into the community. The church said they're not taking any of the money. They're using it for uh, food packages. Um, you know, assist uh, people in need, etc., etc. Sasha Baron Cohen heard about it. Felt kind of bad. Donated another 100K himself. Mm, nice. To the community. And to Janice Jones. So, uh, you know, I thought that was interesting. Interesting little little twist there on the all the people that get pranked on and all that. Usually, uh, it seems like they're people that deserve it. This lady, this nice lady didn't deserve to be the butt of any sort of joke. Although she was in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm. No, you don't. So, uh, the people on the stairs is getting remade at Universal. Okay. All right. And Uncharted movie finished wrapping. Yep, heard about that. Mm-hmm. We got ourselves a, a childish... What's his name? Nick Drake. I've never played a second of these games. Neither have I. Tom Holland's Nick Drake. Mark Wahlberg. Sully. Does that mean anything to you people? Anyone who's played this game? No. Ruben Fleischer directing this movie, coming off of the financial success of Venom, with another probably surefire hit, if there's movie theaters. And... Uh, yeah, they finished shooting. So this movie, uh, when they started a production... Not production, but when they... The first time uh, they tried... Like, you know what we're going to make this into a movie? Tom Holland was 12 years old. Yeah. So it's been a long time they've been trying to make this thing. And final story, Jersey Coburn, John Cena's character from The Suicide Squid, The Peacemaker, getting his own HBO Max spinoff show. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Why not? Because he's a character no one knows. It hasn't stopped people before. That's true. That's I mean, true. There, there, there's currently a Marvel horror show on Hulu that no one is talking about. Which one is that? It's called Hellstrom. Oh, yes. Once again, characters they, that nobody knows. They, they were promoting that very hard. I kept getting push notifications and emails like, Hellstrom, Hellstrom, watch Hellstrom. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested. Yeah. Uh, nobody cares. I think my brother watched some of it. I think he thought, I don't, I don't know if he was too crazy about it. Uh, well, we'll see if anyone cares about The Peacemaker, which is just getting a limited series of about six episodes, I believe. Steve Aggie, Aggie, how do you say his name? He will uh, be in the show as well, and James Gunn is writing it, and Ooh. I believe also directing some of it. Let me see. Well, in that case, I'll have to at least check it out. Eight-episode series written by Gunn, who was set to direct multiple episodes. Peacemaker will explore the origins of the Peacemaker character, Master of Weapons, from the highly anticipated upcoming Suicide Squad film. 
described as a man who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he has to kill to get it. Oh, this is uh, that's John Cena's character. He's like uh, that, that's what he's I said like, when I started the story. Yeah, he's like Captain America, but a dick. Yes, fascist America. He's got a crazy looking mask, or not even a mask. It's a helmet. Yeah, it's got that weird thing on the top. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, he's getting his own show. Miniseries, but he's getting his own show. Well, I mean, we'll see. That's on HBO Max. I uh, could see John, Brothers money. John Cena is kind of a dick. I mean, he's, oh, for sure. he seems like a really nice guy, So, but I'm sure he can play a dick very well. Oh, for sure. Uh, James Gunn has said that of all the people he's worked with on Suicide Squad, he thinks John Cena's going to blow up the biggest, that he's the most talented person he's ever worked with, is what he said. That is so wacky. That is crazy but, shit. But, but then again, it doesn't surprise me. He was just as big as The Rock in wrestling. He's very he, big. He's, very he has tried his hands in movies. He's getting there. He's, I mean, it took The Rock a long time to become Some of them Gordon have been Johnson. better than others. Absolutely. So I could definitely, I mean, I could see it happening. He just did that one where he was like a firefighter and uh, he met his new wife on that set so he's like it's a lot like Spielberg with Temple of Doom he's like yeah fuck the movie I met my wife on that shit yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, and I still got a paycheck and I, and I got a paycheck so boom <laughs> I got paid and laid hi and that's the end of the episode guys we are done 408 is in the books True Cogren thank you you're welcome Chris you're welcome listeners sign up for our Patreon if you want to be thanked for anything other than being a pain in my actually you know what I'm just gonna sign it and uh, yeah we're done so we'll be back next week with 409 and hopefully there will be a new regime uh, getting ready to transition in place if not we may have to I mean, march we, we may have to march on the streets Chris, we, to DC we might not even know the results by then yeah you know what we have to shut down the results right away there's no reason why it should take so long we should know within 24 hours of the results um, so in that case, if you're listening to this after Tuesday, all hail our current leader. Who's still the leader? Fearless. <laughs> all hail fearless leader. Oof. That's going to be a bummer. All right. That's it. We're done. Peace. A PFT Media Production.